Hey there, welcome back to my podcast. I'm Maddie Flint, the host of The Essentials. If you have been considering homeschooling your children, but you don't know where to start, I have five key factors just to share with you that helped me tremendously in my academic journey as a student. Homeschooling is becoming more and more common as schools adopt mainstream socio-political agendas that the majority of parents in America disagree that their children should be subjected to. Nowhere in children's education should they be influenced by the things that we are seeing them be influenced by. Like regarding what adults choose to partake in regarding their sexuality, such as drag and transgenderism, or after-school Satanist clubs, one of which is held at an elementary school in Virginia. They are not learning anything that will help them in the future. How will they be successful homeowners, students in higher education, the next generation of medical providers, government representatives, teachers, etc.? With the way public school is going, we are seeing an increase in fail rates, a lack of motivation to continue studies, and even more of a rise in depression among young students. Why? Because schools don't teach learning. They're just living sociology classes at this point. Students don't learn things that they enjoy. They aren't learning things for mastery to better any life skills. They're learning to take state regents. Now, I know that that's kind of a sweeping claim to make about schools. Um, I'm not saying that every single teacher specifically is not teaching students to learn just for the sake of learning. We do have some really excellent teachers out there who are still holding their grounds, even though economically it's hard to be a teacher. And I think a lot of students are taking their teachers for granted and a lot of parents are taking teachers for granted because what they're doing is not only trying to help your child pass, but especially teachers in elementary, they're practically raising your children too for like eight hours out of the day. So teachers deserve so much, so much gratitude. And, and frankly, they don't get enough, I think. And the way that education is being set up, especially for students in elementary and middle school to high school, is not the fault of the teachers because a lot of them disagree with the new and quote-unquote progressive ways that are being passed down to them by the state. It's actually the policy-setting Board of Regents and the administrative arm, the New York State Education Department, who are making these changes and making these policies that are negatively affecting students, teachers, and parents. So due to the fact that Education is seriously flawed. It needs something to be done with it. I would love to be able to help that one day. I know I want to go into medicine, but it would be really cool to somehow make an impact on student education because I want to see students succeed. But in the meantime, a lot of parents are very unhappy with the type of content that their students are bringing home. So, or just the experiences that they have in school, let alone the academic part, the social aspects, the things that are being forced on them. Like I'm hearing all these news stories about students getting in trouble for misgendering their teachers, but it's not their fault that they are not thinking about gender and sexuality preferences of an adult. They can't even comprehend the line between fantasy and reality sometimes. Like for reference, take a look at maybe Piaget's four stages of cognitive development in children to see that 
kids are not done developing. They don't understand that kind of stuff. So what makes the Board of Education think that they are ready to take on the types of adult content that is finding its way into their early education in elementary school? Like in Piaget's stages of development, when kids are from two to seven years old, and I know that there are some controversies with this table as there are with any theory in psychology because you can't really measure somebody's cognition um, and just base everybody else off of a table. I know there's a range and that could vary for everybody, but in the chart, children that are from age two to seven years old are in their pre-operational stage. And the description for that is the child begins to represent the world with words and images. And these words and images reflect increased symbolic thinking and they go beyond the connection of sensory information and physical action. Then they enter into the concrete operational stage between seven years of age to 11 years. And again, that could be different for any other student. And by then, they're now able to think logically about concrete events and classify objects into different sets. So before that, they, they can't do those things. And then between 11 and 15, they get into the formal operational stage. These are more abstract and logical ways of thinking where thought is more idealistic. But before that, they can't comprehend things that are abstract in thought, like the fact that now a lot of sociology experts are talking about sex and gender as very, very different things, yet they are intertwined and all of these things about gender roles and sexual preferences and all of these things. How are children supposed to understand that? They are trying to barely learn to read, like they need some grace. So with homeschooling, you as the parent and as their teacher are going to be able to tell where in cognitive development your child is because nobody knows your child better than you and you're going to be able to oversee the things that they're learning about so without further ado i'm going to get into those five key concepts that helped to better me as a student even into my college education number one learning types this is so so crucial in the education of our students and public schools are not structurally laid out in a way that can account for all the different types of learning that each individual student will benefit from but with homeschooling you can make adjustments and adapt to the way that your child learns best i remember at one point in homeschooling my mom was letting me listen to audiobooks and watch videos about things that I was really interested in that would go alongside the written work that I was doing. And I found out that I was very, very attentive to anything that I was listening to. I didn't even have to be looking up at it, but I could write it down and I could remember it best that way. It's like if I hear something that is just getting ingrained into my memory. And that helped me more than just visual learning alone. There are actually seven types of learning that I'm sure there's others, but um, there are seven main types and students can present more than one type of learning at the same time. Like they could be a visual learner and an auditory learner combined, or they could be a verbal or linguistic learner, which I definitely am also. Um, some people are social or interpersonal when they learn like they would prefer working in group discussions. They might like public speaking. They might like working with a partner, which I don't like doing. So I know that that's not me. 
but in a homeschool setting, your kid is free to experiment with all those different types of learning and to feel themselves out to see what works best. So that is one major perk of homeschooling because in public school, it's just one size fits all. And one size doesn't fit all, we know that. No two people are alike. Number two, your hours spent studying versus your hours spent resting or doing free activities. On average, students are spending somewhere close to seven hours of their time in the classroom setting. Now, that's a lot of time for kids to be in a contained area doing something that they don't want to do. That's going to increase frustration and probably irritability as soon as they get home. Kids want to be running outside, they want to be getting into things because that's all a part of learning. Not to mention that that's a long time, especially for elementary school teachers, to have to keep children engaged. And that's going to be harder and harder to do because there is less and less motivation within students to even want to be at school because they're tired and they're depressed and they're completing these really, really thick packets. And it's not that these packets are instilling really any knowledge in them. They're stressed because of the amount that they're getting and they're doing it all at home. So not only are they spending seven hours in school, they're coming home and then they're doing more schoolwork. So then they're staying up late, finishing their work, getting up early, going to school early, spending all the rest of the day at school and then repeating the process. But with homeschooling, you can schedule your academic time between certain hours and you can deviate from that schedule if need be. You can do school on the weekends, you can do school in the evenings, you can do school in the early mornings and take half days because the way that you learn homeschooling is not linear like they want it to be at public school. Because with homeschooling, learning doesn't have to be scheduled. Learning can be ingrained into your daily life and you can make it a part of your routine. And at that point, Learning doesn't feel like a task that's weighing on your shoulders. It feels like a part of your lives. So you learn to learn, basically. And you have all that mobility to decide when your children are gonna do their schoolwork or when they're not. You can give them extra vacation time. You can give them extra time to sleep. If they're sick, they're not gonna be pressured to make up all this work that they missed out on. They can make it up in their own time and you can teach them to mastery. So it's not like if they do less hours, they're learning less. They could be learning way more valuable skills in a shorter amount of time. So it's really whatever works for you. Number three, curriculum fluidity. And this kind of piggybacks onto the last point that I was making. When you are homeschooling your child, you have full control over what you want them to learn. You are there to see them kind of level up developmentally. You'll be able to see when they're ready to work on a new concept and when they're showing interest in certain things. Maybe if they need to spend more time on a certain subject because they find it challenging or difficult, you can give them the time to work on that subject a little bit more and you can reduce the amount of work they have in a different subject to give them the necessary time it takes to improve in those areas that they're having difficulty with. If you see that your child has taken a particular liking to a certain subject like music or art, maybe science, maybe it's a category of science that they really like, maybe it's an interest in learning other languages, there's so much flexibility when it comes to the curriculum because you're the one designing it that they have liberties that 
they would not have had if they went to a public school. And it's not taking any time away from any valuable learning because it's all valuable learning. And all they're doing now is just learning what they're interested in. So they're going to be really, really engaged in that. And that could benefit them down the road because you can start to weed out the subjects that they don't like so that they are overloaded with things to work on. You can help them to really hone in on their skills, their interests, their talents, their passions, and that's going to help them have even more direction as to what they want to do with their lives when they graduate. And this leads us directly into my next point. Number four, real world exploration. So as we talked about, you're giving them the academic freedom to choose to study in more detail what they really like. And of course, giving them a well-rounded education on very necessary subjects to learn, like consumer mathematics. They're going to be able to take more time to see the world as it really is. They can go on field trips where maybe you bring them to a family member's house who has a specific occupation that maybe one of your kids is interested in. Or you can bring them places and have them speak to people who actually work in the jobs that maybe they're interested in or that go along with the subjects that they really like learning about in school. And they can see how it looks in real life. Because in school, everything is book work. And you know that in the real world, you're not going to be given a book with a sheet of answers and a sheet of questions and you just have to copy them down from one to the other. That is not how real world jobs work. So in homeschooling, you're going to be able to give them hands-on experience that they can't get until they graduate high school and are expected to just pick something to study either in college or pick something to start working in right away. They're not going to have that pressure because they're already going to know how things are outside of an academic institution, which is also helping to make them more well-rounded because yes, they have their academics, they have their education, they have their book work, they could do work on a computer. You can choose to present it any way that you want really, but they can go on field trips whenever they want because they aren't held back or restricted by the time that school gets let out. You can start exposing them to real jobs that real people have that are attainable and realistic and things that match their interests. They need to know what's out there. And you can start showing them at any time that you feel that they're ready or that they show that they are ready. You can also be the one to introduce them to complex topics that they are going to hear about in the real world when they are ready to hear it. Because in public schools, there is a lot of stuff that young, young students are being exposed to and they don't know what it means. So they're kind of just growing up with it and they'll be better able to deal with difficult social situations in the future because they already have a mature handle on these situations because you were able to teach them how to react. Now, maybe some may think that due to homeschooling, your child is gonna be too sheltered or too dependent on you, but in reality, you could be teaching your child how to be more independent and less codependent by setting boundaries, by learning effective communication skills, by allowing them to engage in activities that they enjoy. And you're allowing them to also spend time alone in solitude. And that's really, really good for building independence. And you can't do those types of things in public school. Not all the time, at least. And that brings me to my fifth point. This is key 
in homeschooling. You are going to have so much time for family bonding. And that is so important in a child's cognitive development. Strong family bonds are important because they encourage better behavior in children, improve academic performance, strengthen parent-child communication. They also teach your child how to be a good friend, and they can and they can provide an environment in which family members feel valued and supported, and that would support better mental health for everyone. There is an article published on the National Library of Medicine, the National Center for Biotechnology Information, and the NIH that talks about the importance of early bonding and the long-term mental health and resilience of children. It's a great read. I'll try to link that in the description if I can. But it talks about how even when we're born, human babies are born very dependent on their parents. They undergo a lot of brain development, growth, neuron, pruning, and all this stuff early in their life, in the first two years. And there's a lot of evidence that's increasing, actually, in the fields of psych, neurobiology, and like even epigenetic studies that show that parental inconsistency could lead to long-term mental health problems and reduced overall potential. And I know that I previously stated that you don't have to raise your child to be like super codependent on you to the point where they can't do anything on their own but now i'm talking about it in a biological sense that human babies are very dependent on their parents or their caregivers they need support so in this sense they need good nourishment from their parents and that human biological need for bonding doesn't go away as they get older it's actually really really great to maintain that very important family bond when children grow up in a household that puts family bonding at a high level of priority they tend to be more caring compassionate and great at relationships in the future and that comes from parentinfluence.com of all the factors that determine student outcomes family engagement is at the top of the list partnerships between schools and families can actually improve students grades their attendance persistence and their motivation and this is supported by tons of research but as we are seeing state education boards are really not taking into account any parental partnerships they say that they are and they're proven to be helpful for the students but they aren't letting the parents in because they have agendas that they want to push. And in homeschooling, all of this family bonding is something that you can do every day. You'll feel so empowered because you can support your child's academic goals and success right at home. So the next time somebody gives you a weird look if you suggest that you want to try homeschooling your kids, think of how silly they are. I just mentioned all of those really great things that are highly beneficial for your child's success in the real world, and they think it's a bad thing? But don't worry, they're just uneducated on homeschooling and all the benefits that it has. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you guys really enjoyed it and I hope that you maybe learned a few things about homeschooling or are feeling more encouraged to actually try it out. Either way, I wish you all the best on you and your child's journey for academic success. Thanks for listening and check out all the other great podcasters that also have their episodes right here on the BMG Network.